Cool. So, Rusty on the pod here with Phoebe, live from her, her car. How are you doing? You all right, Phoebe? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm cool. I think you're the first person to have asked me that. And I think you're the first person to ever be in a car on the podcast as well. So, well done. Two ticks for that one. Cool. And also, <laughs> I'm well done because you've just been taking your gran out. So, you are like ticking lots of boxes. Exactly. I've, I've achieved my Sunday goal. <laughs> That's cool. So um, just to, do you want to give people a bit of an intro on, on well, how, how we know each other, how are you on the pod, what's going on type stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, so you and I met at an NFL event, gosh, a couple of years back now. Um, and I was one of the speakers at the time and obviously had the pleasure of meeting you and We've kind of grown our relationship from there, whether it's been from a networking point of view um, and I guess really connected on a coaching element. So my background is in American football and I've been fortunate enough to be over in the States coaching with an NFL team called the Buffalo Bills for the past three years now. Uh, now trying to bring my skill set to the state, uh, sorry, back to the UK to try and upskill and, and help coaches develop over here. Nice. I was just writing a couple of notes there already. Uh, so, yeah, and, and I love it because we're Facebook friends, so I get to see all your cool pictures from America. Um, and, I, and I'm always kind of taken by, there's a couple of pictures I've seen where it's like you and you're not, you're not gigantic, although we'll definitely no. talk about Kabaddi in a second. Um, <laughs> and you're often surrounded by very big men playing yeah. in quite an aggressive sport. Um, how, how did that come about? Because there wouldn't be many people like you, I imagine, who are coaching in, in the NFL. No, so there's technically three of us now, um, three females in the NFL, I guess. Uh, it's definitely growing, but no, I, I'm specifically with tight ends who tend to be the tight biggest ends. players on the team. Yeah, they're monsters. Um, so you've got, and we've got some of your old rugby guys like Alex Gray and Christian Scotland Williamson. Those guys have turned into that tight end body type that are just huge athletic and um, just make, just make plays happen. But my experience really started, I guess back to the beginning. So mini brief, I moved to this country almost seven years ago now to work for a gentleman on the Dutch Olympic team with three day eventing with horses basically. Um, and then shortly after moving here, I was just looking for a way to meet people so that's when I got involved in American football. I'd seen an ad on social media and just thought I'd go for it. And uh, that's kind of changed my, my life, really. I've got the ability of having dual nationality because my mother's British. And since then, I've been able to play for Great Britain and captain them. And that, that's been fantastic. But I also knew I couldn't play forever. So I started getting into coaching, um, and that really started at a grassroots level. And I did my first internship really with a college, which was only two weeks long, uh, probably about three and a half years ago now, and absolutely loved it. And I just kind of got the bug since then. And from that time, I've, I got involved with the NFL team originally through something called the Bill Walsh Diversity Fellowship. And in essence, what that is, is an open door kind of pathway for minorities. So for me being female, technically being British, those are obviously things. I'm not a middle-aged white male from America. So 
anyone outside of that has an opportunity. And you go through an application process. And luckily enough, I got with a team called the Buffalo Bills. And I've been with them since did training camp, which is pretty much like a six-week preseason camp that we do. Uh, then ended up going off to another internship in the States right off the back of that with a Division One school in on the East Coast. And I was with them for a season. Um, not long after that is when you and I met when I was back in the UK uh, with the NFL. And then got asked back to do a year with the Bills. So, yeah, it's definitely been a very steep climb, that's for sure. And a lot of learning lessons along the way. Wow, but it's been realize- incredible. I didn't realize you'd gone from horses to uh, to American football. That's pretty cool. What, what, what do you think? What do you think they like about you? What's the skill set you're bringing? Do you think? You know, I think being in my position is it's quite. I love it because I've also come in saying I don't know this or I don't know that. I'd never ever watched American football before I moved to this country, so there was a definite steep learning curve in that. But actually, I thought, what can I do that can help the team? And whether that is as simple as having a positive energy every day, making sure I did whatever I could to help whoever I could any time. And my role slowly built off of that. So I'd ask someone if they needed something. And then before I knew it, I had created a whole new job for myself. And instead of necessarily, yes, I was with one specific position, so it's tight end, but I ended up assisting offense, defense, special teams. So it became such a collaborative role that it was literally never invented before until I'd done it. So, and a great learning curve for me because now I get to see all the different elements of the sport and how a team operates. Nice. Do you have a, uh, do they have a job title for you or are you just generally like glue? You're just the glue. <laughs> exactly. Just the middle, middle woman just stood there. Technically a like a offensive um, quality control, but I mean, it, it was I think too much if I had to list everything. <laughs> wow, that's exciting! How did you feel on your first day at the Bills? So I remember even my first day in training camp, and to be totally honest with you, the sport over here is not nearly as advanced, obviously, as in the states. But I remember they were saying words and using terminology I'd never heard before. So I couldn't even ask a question because I didn't know the words they were saying to be able to (laughs) ask a question. I was like a deer in the headlights, I'm sure, for the first one or two weeks. And then finally you start figuring it out and the speed of it. But I mean, the efficiency and the way that they operate and the way that for us, our head coach was able to bring a team together keep a team together and still a culture whilst at any moment any one of those guys could be fired and gone so it's a really unique perspective and a, and a hard challenge definitely yeah wow what so uh, yeah i guess that's the so obviously you mentioned shaggy and wady and christian and those guys would be similar i guess they're over there they're getting short-term contracts they're hoping to make it to the next level they could get cut at any moment what's the I guess you, you'd be quite good at picking up the pieces around that as well, to be fair. Yeah, and it's been great to be able to talk to those guys. And, you know, we, so we call ourselves International University. Um, so basically, the NFL is something called a player pathway. And that is 
like a 12 week intensive camp where we'll take these guys on from any sporting background, uh, obviously from these points of view, from a rugby background. And we kind of try and teach them as much about football in that short period of time. Uh, so that's what we call international university. But for all of us, because we're all learning, it's been fantastic. We all have different hurdles that we have to overcome, but to have the support of each other uh, and say, actually, you know, we've been through this or you've done this is, it's been fantastic. And for me specifically, you know, Christian Wadey and I have been at the same team together. So that's been even better for us because I've been able to kind of help him a bit with his stuff. Same with, you know, vice versa. And I'm sure a lot of, you know, Christian is an absolute athlete. You know, he's, evasive we get him in space he makes things happen but how do you take those rugby skills where yes you are looking for space but now you're putting them in american football and yes we're still looking for space but you got to follow your blockers <laughs> it's yeah. not quite the same anymore <laughs> yeah i imagine wadey would do a good job of being the male you as well i imagine he's bouncing into work every day bringing energy and connecting people up yeah absolutely i mean everybody loves him there he is totally been a, a part of that team pretty much from day one but a lot of it comes down to his work ethic you know he is first one in the building last one to leave he'll do whatever he can to to learn more and get better and and it's just incredible to be around that I don't know if you would have seen the video from when he scored that touchdown uh in the preseason I mean it was a team touchdown because of the way that they were so excited for him it was incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah, well, having you know, coached Wadey with the Sevens, I can vouch for most of those attributes. Um, yeah. He's a great guy. What have you learned? So what, what's the NFL taught you? I know you, you mentioned culture, but what's the, the big rocks? What, what do you feel like? Do you know what? The last 12 months have taught me this. Gosh, um, I'd say the way that like repeated messaging is so key. And, and having that repeated messaging from the top down. So I, if you're my head coach, you need to be sharing that through to your assistant coaches and that will trickle down to your players as well. But you have to constantly be, be hounding them with that and, and, and you believe it genuinely, right? So that kind of leads into that whole um, like part of the process. And it, it is really a process and you can't take every week in the NFL or I'd imagine in most sports, could be a roller coaster because you could be winning this week and then next week you're losing. But if you ride that roller coaster, if you get, I mean, yes, it could celebrate, but if you get so excited that you're up here, that when you get down here, that drop is so steep for you that you, you get, you get so tied to it. But if you can just try and remain almost as neutral as possible throughout it and just keep working, you're so much better long-term and you're really then because it becomes the standard and the norm and uh, that's been a really interesting lesson not only on the field for me and as a team but even you know being in my role as a female uh, you know and it, I don't I don't want it to be a female thing but lots of people have something to say so if I were to read every good thing out there that people have said about me and then went to read every bad thing out there that people said about me you could really find yourself on this not very nice roller coaster where your feelings are based off of what other people's thoughts and opinions are that actually doesn't really mean anything <laughs> yeah 
it's interesting what you think you're talking about that because the Rugby World Cup's obviously going on and four teams have just left at the quarterfinals. So there's been quite a few coaches who are getting a lot of stuff in the press. And I can imagine it's, uh, it's pretty tough being in those positions. I mean, you spoke a bit about the messaging there. I've, I've, and I don't know exact numbers, but I've read like in NFL teams okay. that they've got like 50 coaches or <laughs> of people involved around the team. It's, it's, you're basically like a, a CEO if you're a head coach. What have you discovered around that? And are people meeting together? Are they, are they getting connected? Are they sharing stuff? Is there, what does that look like? Yeah, and so that's the other thing. So sitting on defense and offense, those are two very different mindsets, I guess, as well. Because for me, so our head coach was defensively based. So I would sit in on the defensive meetings and it was such a collaborative process and the way they would break it down into different schemes, different parts of the week, different parts of the field for American football. It's very, um, you know, you really, really analyze all of this, but it's very collaborative. And then on the offensive side, you still have a bit of collaboration. Granted, it's different for every team, um, but there was a bit more individual work which I thought interesting because actually for us as an offense, you need to be working together almost more than anybody else because you need to, I need to know that you're going to be where this place says you're going to be when it says you're going to be there. Um, but our head coach was brilliant at um, kind of keeping that all together at the, when he first came into his role, he brought the whole building together. So not just your coaching staff, that's scouting department, ticketing department, the media, marketing all of that there was probably 400 plus people in this room and he brought it together and he said this is the culture that we're going to create what happened in the past doesn't matter don't let that hang over you or whatever it may be but in order for us to move forward we have to do it together as an organization and he set that standard ever since and to include people like that where they probably never had been before it was You've got the, the football and then you've got the business side. And he's like, no, 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 this is one unit. So everything that you're going out and saying and you're doing has to reflect on us and, and us the same to you. Um, and even down to every meeting. So we would have, he would, he would be okay to test someone. So if you've got, we'll call him an offensive coordinator, we'll be in a big meeting room with all the players, with all the coaches, and he'll go, Rusty, we're in this situation. What are you going to do? And just, just call you out. And it really makes you, you have to be vulnerable, but actually you have to know your stuff. And then your players have to know, oh, okay, so coach is going to do this in this situation. Now I understand why this is happening. Um, so things like that, competition all the time. Every day, pretty much, we would have a competition between an offensive and defensive player, whether it's playing hockey or trying to play Madden, you know, online. It was, it was always a really good energy and a really great way to start the day. Um, so it was just kind of that constant, I guess, in your face, this is a team, this is how we work, we're doing it all together, you know, and then showing examples, all right, this is a video of somebody doing a really great job. This is what this message means. So if you're saying, this is what we want to see for effort, well, here's a video of it. And then if it was really bad, here's a video of someone not giving effort. And that was almost worse because you don't ever want to be that person that gets that video shown about them, you know, when they're, when we call it loafing or just lacking effort because now you're not working for your team. You're working for yourself. 
and there's no room for that here. Yeah, which would be hard given the, the vast sums of money involved in the sport as well. So rugby's going through a... I know Saracens went and met a, a football club to talk about the impact of money in their sport and what it's done around people's motivations. So what, what, I, think, and what I think I'm hearing from you is that, that your coach is doing a pretty good job around uh, trying to tie everyone in and keep, their, keep them motivated for the organisation. Yeah, and it, and trying not to uh, almost have too big a personality for a team because it doesn't work if you just got one standout. Well, now I know that one standout thinks he's better than everyone else, and maybe they'll defend it differently or they'll attack that differently because of that one guy. But if you've got a bunch of people that kind of keep raising that ceiling level, well, now who are you going to defend? Which player are you going to choose? to go after because all of them are, are pretty much on the same playing field. Nice. What's your, uh, what's your dream job? Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> GB, GB Kabaddi coach. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind that. There's some pretty cool places you got to go with Kabaddi. <laughs> um, well, I would say if, if, in, American, in American football, what would be your dream role? Dream role would be if slash when the NFL get a team in the UK, being a, a coach of that team, that would be absolutely perfect for me. Cool. If you need any assistance, what, uh, and, and what <laughs> do, you think, do you think it's likely? Obviously a lot of the teams come over and play. And um, one of my friends actually looks after some of their owners. So I was excited to hear that the other day. Do you think it's going to happen? I think it's going to happen. I think it's, you know, something that the rest of Europe are really calling for. I mean, you look at some of these games, people are flying from all over Germany, Finland, Ireland, all those places are coming here to watch these games. And I think they'll kind of try and expand, have more games. They've had some in, they're looking to do in China, um, Germany, wherever it might be. There's a, there's a hunger for it. And if there's a hunger, you've got a fan base, you've got the opportunity to make money at the end of the day. I don't see why not. I think there's a um, a rugby club in Manchester, perhaps, who do that method of they're technically a home team to the UK, but they travel and play their away games back in Canada. Um, and maybe a method like that or model like that would, would yeah, work. Yeah, it's like the Toronto team, the rugby league team. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. I, didn't, I didn't even realise that. I assume they played in Toronto. How little I know. <laughs> Uh, tell, me, tell me about Kabaddi. Tell me about how you chanced upon the world of Kabaddi and how you are MVP for the GB team or the England team. Yeah, yeah you're good, GB team. Um, so Kabaddi came about through uh, someone through American football. The girl played for New Zealand in Kabaddi and just said to me, look, I think you'll really love this sport. Uh, tackling defense is my favorite part of American football. And she goes, I think this will really kind of tick all those boxes for you. I mean, I went to my first day maybe two and a half years ago, and it was complete love at first sight. I mean, you're basically telling me I can just tackle this person, and you're kind of mano y mano saying, well, I'm better than you, and I'm not going to let you get back. So it's just been incredible. And, and I kind of alluded earlier, you get to travel the most incredible places and places I'd never think I'd go before, like India, Mauritius, 
uh, Sweden, Amsterdam, Canada, very random places, but all through sport. And I think that's the, that's some of the opportunity that, that sport delivers to you. All of that through Kabaddi? Yeah, honestly, it's Two been insane. <laughs> I was like, we were in Mauritius, right? And they're like, oh, there's only flights every, you know, 10 days. Like, so you're going to come here, play a 60-minute game in total, and then you're stuck here for 10 days. Wow. We're like, oh, don't mind if we do. Because <laughs> it's pretty, um, It's I mean, it's mega in India, isn't it? Like the, they're legends, the guys playing it. It obviously it used to be on Channel 4 uh, earlier, yeah. but I think it's like Sky Sports or whatever now, but it's... Uh, it's a pretty big uh, ticket in uh, India. So where did you go in India? Did you go to Delhi? Uh, so multiple places. So I was in um, Delhi one time. Well, it's just kind of the Punjab region uh, and did like a playing tour through there. So that was, I mean, that was incredible just because you get to experience so many different places. You just play barefoot in these big sand or grass rings with like thousands of people watching you. Um, and the energy is, is incredible. It's, it's very interesting, though, because obviously you're in the heart of India and their views on women are still not uh, up to date, I guess you could say. So it's predominantly male audiences. Uh, a lot of times the women aren't allowed to watch or they have to be in certain areas. Um, but I mean, just to kind of experience that whole thing and then did uh, another one down in Ahmedabad. Uh, and that was, yeah, that was, that was incredible too. I mean, we, we would have our hotel and then to practice, we'd walk across the street to this park and there were just, I mean, literally wild monkeys everywhere and they would come and try and steal your stuff during practice. It was, it was hilarious. (laughs) Wow. That's all with GB. So you guys just won, what did you win the European championship? Yeah. Yeah. Which was good fun. (laughs) Nice. Where was that? It was in Scotland, actually, in Glasgow. Oh, sad times. You got to go to Glasgow. <laughs> it was an Emirates Stadium, so it was a nice venue. But, yeah. <laughs> and you were just saying, and I, and I agree with you, I, I think more rugby coaches can play kabaddi. It's a great game for lots of skills. Definitely. And there's a lot of opportunity if you just want to play and um, make money. So there's a circular version, which I kind of allude to rugby league and maybe a rectangular version, which would you say is more rugby union in terms of, um, circular is four defenders and then one person, but it becomes one-on-one. And that's usually really good for rugby players because especially men, if you want to play that sport, there's a lot of opportunity to make money. Um, I mean, some of these guys are making, 2,000, 2,500, a 30-minute game. So, easy what? money. <laughs> do, they, do, they have a, yeah. do they have a veterans one? <laughs> Your age doesn't matter. <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely does. It definitely does. <laughs> and so what's the day job look like now? So you're obviously back in England. Now you've been over with the Bills. You're, what are you doing over here? I know you were... Some of the people I met when me and Kirk came to the um, NHL thing were, uh, I mean, clearly they're trying to expand some of the stuff over here. I'm hearing some class stuff about tag tag American football over here and how well it's going down. Um, probably yep. quite a nice little uh, um, sport to, to go alongside rugby, quite frankly. But So 
what's the stuff you're doing at the moment? Um, well, based off your last statement, so I work with ISAF, which is our basic like international federation, um, and working with them to try and get the flag football into Olympics for 2028. Um, yeah, so that would be really cool because now with the Olympics, you can have a sport that you think reflects you. So that's going to be in LA in the States. So it makes sense to have an American sport in it. So lots of opportunity there. Um, I'm working with a company called the UK Dukes. And essentially what we do is go around and deliver the sport into schools, but also just get people excited about it. We do coaching clinics. Uh, we'll deliver camps, anything like that. Um, and then I'm coaching now for our under 19, which I'm excited about. It's the first time I'll be with this age group really, uh, and seeing how I can kind of help in this country and then coaching development. That's pretty much my four strands of my existence at the moment. A lot of driving, very similar to you, Rusty. Yeah, I'm going to pick up on two strands. Is it the under 19 boys, girls, both? Boys. Yep. Boys. Um, we don't have an under 19s girls yet, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but I'm hoping that with more people getting involved in this sport, that we'll be able to to pick that up. Um, but yeah, so just the boys right now. And what's that like? What's where do the players come from? Are they played American football a long time? Are they converts from other sports? Are they both? Are they? Yeah, so it's kind of a bit of everything. We we uh, oop, are you there? Yeah, yep, there sorry. <laughs> um, we have north and south practices at the moment just because of traveling issues. A lot of these kids have to be driven by their parents as well. Um, but a lot of them, some have only played three months. Some have been playing for two, three years now. Uh, we do definitely have a few rugby guys, and which has been great because rugby tackling is becoming a lot more of the way forward. Um, Richie Gray has been a huge push behind that because he's got his five fights that he's working with USA football on. Um, so pretty much taking all of his experiences within rugby and trying to instill them into American football. So um, yeah, Richie's been fantastic for that. And then, yeah, the rest has been just getting these kids up to scratch. We've got a game next May. So just building towards, towards that really. Nice. And, and, and do they dream of playing NFL or that? And is that realistic? So clearly there's been some English players that have had success over there, but is that a, a realistic goal for some people? Yeah, you know what? It, it absolutely is. Just because they might not have grown up with the sport doesn't mean that they haven't had those skill sets from other sports like rugby or um, netball or rounders, whatever it may be. You know, that doesn't stop you from being an athlete. Uh, so definitely we have kids that we're, we're passing on to, uh, the NFL Academy, which has just kicked off this past spring, uh, fall, sorry, down in London. And that was taking kids up to age 18, trying to find them a place in the States, whether that's going to college in the States or getting them on a pathway to making it to the NFL one day. Um, so, and that will be traveling around and, and having them play competitions against other kids their age. Wow, that's cool. So if there's any rugby coaches listening or rugby players who are thinking about that, what would you do if you were them? Get in touch with you? Yeah, you can get in touch with me, absolutely. Or if you want, just look up the NFL Academy. Um, 
and you know our guys are always going around scouting we've got a, an international combine today in germany um you know so you're welcome to send your guys things like that but definitely just get in touch and uh we'll you know we want to help everyone out as much as possible so now give everyone a, an opportunity nice and tell me about your coach development because because i've watched um lots of behind the scenes american football and some of it seems quite um different to coaching over here um like um how, who you're working with what's what's it look like what are you learning about helping coaches yeah so um i work with our governing body and then i have kind of multiple roles again but i work within either women's specific coaching development or i work covering everyone a lot of who we do work with is existing coaches ones that are looking to get into the coaching field um and just trying to upskill them make them more aware think about what their philosophy is what their coaching style is a lot of these guys have maybe played the sport but have never really learned how to be a coach or don't have an educator's background um you know we find that if you have teachers they're much easier to to get these points across or they've had experience with how to deliver um but actually there's a lot of lacking knowledge um and just how to get them up to speed literally how do you make a practice elite how do you plan a practice keep that tempo and there's a lot of things that are missing that if you've never seen it before you don't know what it's supposed to be like so if we can help them to understand what it needs to look like and show them this is how we need to operate hopefully they can go back to their teams and and spread that as well yeah i guess it's a um it's a big puzzle i'm thinking of the nfl often there's there's a lot of people on the pitch and i guess if in order to maximize your coaching you probably want people to be active and doing stuff and and how that all works is probably a little bit more complicated than a rugby session um yeah especially with multiple coaches, multiple specialist coaches. So what are your top tips? So what are your top tips around, let's just talk about it from a, an American football point of view, but from a, you know, session planning type, what are your top tips? Uh, tempo, absolutely. Um, you know, we you always hear that cliche. Yeah, so you always hear that cliche of no walking on the field, but I mean, these guys should be, running to everywhere that they need to be to because if you put a if I gave you a three-hour schedule and said you've got x y and z to do you'll kind of take your time fill it out but if I say actually you've got two hours and you need to get all this done I bet your tempo your change of pace and sense of urgency is going to be way more intensive so working on that so how do you practice how do you build up throughout a practice you know, go from kind of individual periods into, and, and by that, I mean, uh, if I'm a tight ends coach, I'm with my tight ends first. Um, so we'll do walkthroughs first, whether that's install, then you go into your warm up, then you go into your individual period. So if you're with running backs, they go with you. Then we come together, we'll do a run install or a pass install, and then you might do sections of it and then build up and then you build into situations. And little things like having a timekeeper it seems so obvious but there's a lot of teams out there that don't have anybody telling them look we gotta we gotta turn now now you're into this period 
because otherwise you get stuck. You're like, oh, I really want to see that again. Um, the importance of having film, being able to film your players for your point of view, but for the player's point of view. If I'm telling you, oh, your hands are good on this, okay, I can feel that. What does that actually look like? Or you need to work on your feet. Well, if I have an injured player standing behind you recording your footwork, now at home you can you can watch that and you can work on that at home. So now you're getting them to think about the sport outside of practice time. Um, and just little kind of tricks like that throughout. Nice. And do the coaches film themselves? They should do, you know. They really should do. <laughs> it's bad enough when, uh, I'm sure you've had to do it before, when coaches have to deliver to other coaches. Oh, it's, it's almost worse than delivering to kids because you're, you think, these guys know what I'm talking about. They're going to know if I'm BSing you at all. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to be in that situation. <laughs> yeah, it would be, uh, yeah, uh, it's tough to watch back video of yourself or listen to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, sure you're good at that now. You listen to your podcast back. <laughs> I don't listen. To, I never listen to them back. No way. <laughs> no, you, you, you just go, really? Do I say that? Do I speak like that? Oh. <laughs> um yeah, however, lots of the most impactful coach development I've had is watching videos of myself and other people. And it's yeah. pretty, uh, we did this one last week, actually, where we watched some coaches coach and it was awesome. I mean, brilliant from the coaches to allow 30 people to stand and watch them coach and, and write notes, which is like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we started after about 20 minutes and we just said, look, does anyone recognise some stuff that they do that they weren't that aware of? And they were like... Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be, yeah, that would be pretty cool. And, what, and so lots of them are players, are they? So you've got ex-players that come into coaching as well. Yeah, and that's a hard one too. And I'd imagine maybe you get this, where you've got a player who's trying to transition to being a coach, but they're coaching their old teammates. So how do you make that work for them? And it could be as simple as, putting them in a different uniform that that really makes them say I'm not a player anymore I am dressed as a coach therefore you should address me as a coach but it's definitely not easy because now you're expecting them to respect what you have to say whereas last week we were just playing together <laughs> yeah, yeah player coach or transitioning in is, is definitely tricky uh, yeah modeling modeling some good stuff would be useful um yeah and what next? So, what are your what are your hopes in the next couple of years? What do you what do you want to happen in your in your journey? Um, I want to keep developing myself. Ideally, I would like to be back out in the states, even if it's just for another season. It's really hard to go from that level of just being around the most motivated elite people all day long uh, with a very intense schedule to go from that to being back here I can kind of replicate some of the things but it's never that same kind of feel so if I can make my way back out to the states but um in increasing involvement of the sport at grassroots level you know we'd love to be in uh 50 plus schools by next fall um you know making sure that I get as many people upskilled as possible opening up a, a mentorship and internship pathway for people that would like to learn through not even just American football, but, you know, we can get them involved in other sports, shadowing how other coaches maybe do things, just 
it's just all about learning, development, and, and growth, really. So just, just a few of my plans, but it, it doesn't really stop, to be honest. I don't, I don't want it to ever stop. I want to keep finding new things to challenge myself with and, and keep developing. I like the sound of your cross-board stuff. What, what, what is the impact? What's it like being a female coach in a man's world? So obviously there would be, you know, I, I talk a lot about, I went to Canada and uh, I, there's about eight coaches in the room and over 50% were female and it blew my mind. <laughs> One lady said to me, Rusty, a uh, bit of feedback, you need to change your slides. There's not enough pictures of girls or women. And I thought, You're, you are 100% right. Um, and because the reality is in England, if I go to a rugby thing, I'll see, you know, Sherry or Stasha or, 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 or a few of the female coaches that I know, but it's just not that many. So, I mean, what are the challenges? I think, you know, sometimes people aren't as sure. I mean, in any sport, I think that they're just not as confident as, as men are, you know, just putting it bluntly, yeah. a man will for the most part, go into a role, even if he can't necessarily do all those, those jobs on it, he'll be like, yeah, I can do that. That's fine. I got this. A woman will doubt themselves and we're almost our worst enemy because, you know, you hear a lot about this imposter syndrome, right? Actually, I, I didn't, I never would have said that I had imposter syndrome. So I was like, what is that? But I, I went back to when I first started with the bills and I went through those same things and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, now I'm, I, I have full confidence in myself, but at first I was like, oh, I was lucky, you know, I was in a good, I knew some people or whatever it was, they put me in a good place to succeed, uh, I'm just so happy to be here, um, you know, uh, I'm, I think uh, I, I worried about criticism perhaps from a male colleague, you know, just these things kept going on and I was like, what the heck but now I'm like no no I deserve to be here I've earned my right to be here but you, you have to I think a lot of women genuinely have that feel where they're like oh I can't do that job oh I don't I don't think I could stand in front of a bunch of men and tell them what to do or my female peers and tell them what to do and I think that's a lot to do culturally with how we've been brought up you know you think to I saw a picture the other day of, of some some little boy had fallen over and like go on get up you'll be fine a little girl falls over and like, oh, are you okay? You'll be, you know, it's going to be okay. Like you almost encourage them to be a bit softer. Whereas, you know, their kids, they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, they just, uh, I, I, every time my, my daughter stands up for herself, my wife gets very excited. <laughs> I, like it. I like it a lot. And, and, and is it changing? So is it something that's changing over there? So you said there's there's three of you, which is like, quite frankly, ridiculous. The same over here. So I work in football and, you know, they would be able to count on their, on their hands how many people are involved in the men's game who are female. Yeah. And I mean, it's definitely changing for us in the States, but a lot of it has to do with, you know, I, I, I kind of use this hashtag line or whatever you want to call it, but if you can see her, you can be her. If you don't see somebody that looks like you and that could be as a minority or whatever, but if you don't see someone that looks like you, you innately don't feel like you can be that person or have that role. So now little kids, little girls, boys, whoever, see perhaps females in coaching roles or a GM role or, you know, athletic trainer, physios, whatever. And they think, oh, when I grow up, I want to do that. Whereas they never would have said that before. So now you've already changed that 
trajectory essentially for a, a child. Um, you know, and I imagine in football, there's not really any of any of that. And it sounds like it's quite tough to be a female in in football, soccer in this country as well. But again, is that the culture? Is there, you know, I don't know, is there an old boys club that doesn't really see females in that way? And if you've got those type of people at the top who don't empower others, I don't know how you change it. For me, I've been around a lot of men that have empowered me or put me in a position to succeed or encouraged me. But if you've got that from the top pushing you back down, you know, there's only so many times you're going to try that before you think, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, and I, I mean, go back to Canada, but they, there were so many good female coaches. There were so many good coaches and lots of them were female. And yeah. you know, the Rugby World Cup, they've just gone to the Rugby World Cup with, with no Canadians in their coaching team and no females. Yeah. Quite, quite frankly, ridiculous. Um, yeah. Because you have the opportunity to, you know, to, to see that person. Um, my wife would definitely want my daughter to see you. She'd be pretty excited about it. What, <laughs> what do you wish you'd known at the start? So when you first set on the, the journey to coaching, what's the stuff that you now look back and go, ah, that would have been really helpful if I'd, if I'd been able to tell, someone had told me those two or three things. Ooh, that's a really good question, Steve. Um, That's my job to ask you good questions. I know. I like that. <laughs> you know, I think for me, it was know my role, but know that there's value within my role. I so badly wanted to do as much as possible and please as many people as possible. And, you know, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Which in some ways helped me, but actually it naturally just happened you naturally will end up understanding what your role is and it doesn't matter how big or small your role is every single person has a role within a team and that adds value and you need to know that and understand that for yourself as well that you are helping the team in whatever way possible and it may not be that I'm out there calling plays but what I do behind the scenes is so valuable to people um that would probably be my, my biggest lesson. What, what feedback have you had around that? Have you had some amazing feedback of people? Yeah, genuinely. And, you know, I think it helps to be around great organization and a great program and, and giving feedback is really important. So I, you know, it's good to know what you're doing well, what you need to do better, anything like that. But the coaches have been fantastic. I think the fact that they didn't want me to leave. They, you know, they want me to continue to stay there. We're still chatting all the time. Um, you know, the players messaging me saying, oh, when are we going to see you? Why, why are you not here? You know, all of that is just so lovely. And you think actually, yeah, you know what? We used to do this all the time and it didn't seem like a big deal then. We might have done this every day before practice. But that means something to someone and that helps someone in some way. And, and that is for me to appreciate as well as, everyone else I guess you remind me of two people so you remind me of uh, two guys who played sevens Jeff Williams and Sam Edgley who were both really good players uh, but they were just ridiculously good people so they were yeah. amazing people to have around so when we went to the World Cup Sam Edgley didn't get picked and his his message a video he did and sent with him 
and his mum in the back garden was one of the best things oh, I ever saw. And uh, Jeff was the same. So Jeff basically messaged Ben Ryan multiple times. He's from emailed him. I think his dad emailed him, and then came over, paid for his flights on a trial, and just brought energy. Just was yeah, was an amazing guy to have around. Like I would want to go and see him every day of my life. <laughs> And that's incredible. How do you put a value on that? You know, I mean, that's something that really helps the team. And and he probably wouldn't have even realized it, but actually, it's it's really an integral part of it. And as a coach, and I feel very honored to be related to those two. <laughs> as a coach, and you you must do it as well, and I definitely do it. That actually, you know, you would look at people like that and go, well, they need to be in our squad, like because they just yeah. make us better. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I wonder how many, yeah, especially younger kids, don't necessarily realise that. But I think it's a, it's a cool role to fulfil in the team. Yeah. No, it definitely is. And I, I feel very, when you realise that, it definitely didn't happen at first. I was like, oh, my gosh. But when you realise that, you, you feel very humbled by it all. Yeah, well, which of the sports, uh, which of the sports have you been curious about or interested in of you? If you got into, or if you could go into, which sports would you want to go into? So, in a playing sense, I'm just getting involved in rugby. Actual <laughs> contact. Contact, contact, definitely. Who with? Which team? Um, I'm going to go with Litchfield. Yeah. So I think they're putting me at like I'm. I'm terrible. I'm trying to learn this, Rusty. I'm playing either 12 or 13. Yeah, I think you would be a 12 or a 13. What, um, who's coaching you there? Um, there's Elaine Monty at the moment. Um, I'm literally just starting. I think it's next week I've got my first practice with them. Oh, so. wow. Kill it. I'm excited. I'm really excited. But it's just good to see how other people coach as well, be a part of a different sport. Are there different drills we can take from each other's sports? I think collaboration is so important to development. Yeah, so Dave, uh, Dave Lotte used to coach the women there. He now coaches the men at Litchfield, I think. So he'll be, uh, he'll okay. be a good guy. I'm going to, uh, I might connect you up with Dave after this. Only if he listens to it and then he messages me, will I then connect him up? There we go. <laughs> Challenge has been put out there. <laughs> nice. Look, I, 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 I've loved it. I've, I've loved chatting to you, Phoebe. I've got some little one-worders. One so I'm going to say a word and you're going to tell me what first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, NHL. Hockey. Oh, sorry. Uh, NFL. <laughs> I'm going to the NHL in Canada. NFL. NFL. Oh, well, I did that out. NFL. Uh, progressive. Oh, nice. Uh, rugby. Aggressive. <laughs> Uh, Kabaddi. Tactical. Yeah, it's really tactical, isn't it? Yeah. It I is. think it's a <laughs> uh, USA. Football. <laughs> uh, England. Rugby. Oh. Uh, Christian. Home. I can say home. We'll go with that. Christian, you can say home. Christian Wade. Baller. Baller. Yeah, I would take that. <laughs> uh, Alex Gray, Shaggy. Um, 
uh, ooh, what's the given for him? Ooh, I don't want to be, I'm just going to say Falcons. That's boring right now, but Falcons. <laughs> uh, tight end. Athletes. Phoebe, it's been a pleasure. I love chatting to you. I love your energy. We should definitely hook up again soon. Uh, how can people get hold of you if they're, if they're interested in what you do? Yeah, so social media um, or LinkedIn, Phoebe Schechter is my name. You know, message me. I will help you out in any way possible. I'd love to learn from you. So please feel free to message me uh, and hopefully we can all work together at some point. Cool. Awesome work, Phoebe. Enjoy the rest of your day. Well done for taking your nan to see your aunts. That is top work. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Rusty. It was a pleasure. <laughs> Cheers.